Hey, look what we have found A big sound in a small town Far away from the bright lights They're making music every night Discover what is all around A big sound Hey y'all, come out to the Earl Scruggs Music Festival September 1st through 3rd, 2023, that's Labor Day weekend, at the Tron International Equestrian Center in Mill Spring, North Carolina. Enjoy music on two stages, workshops, craft vendors, food, drinks, everything you might want in a festival experience. We have lodging on site, and for three days, we have three major headliners. We have Emmy Lou Harris, the infamous String Dusters, Green Sky Bluegrass, and a whole host of other really incredible artists celebrating the legacy of Earl Scruggs for a full weekend. So don't miss it, September 1st through 3rd, 2023. Today on Big Sound Small Town, my guest is Aaron Goss. And if you'll check back, uh, through my podcast, or if you're a regular follower, follower, you will know that in February of this year, 2023, right before he left for a through hike of the Appalachian Trail, we sat down and, and talked about his upcoming adventure. Now, today we're going to recap this whole adventure. Um, and I urge you to go back and listen to that one to get a... Um, feeling of how he felt you know how how it was before he left and we'll compare and contrast how that ended up being you know but um uh i think it'll give you a good framework to where we're going so welcome back aaron well thank you it's good to be back thanks for having me i guess i should go let's go <laughs> Kind of became my little tagline. Yeah. I mean, um, this sort of happened by, I don't know, just by, by repetitive, uh, it just sort of happened. I just started saying it and then it just kind of became a thing. Okay, well, let's set this up too. Now, you uh, vlogged pretty much your whole adventure. I, I did. So, um, yeah, I did. A, I, I put out a daily vlog. Uh, so when I first started, I was I was really dumb and thought that I could do it basically every day. Right. Um, and there's just not enough service, and it takes too much time, and it's right. really a hassle. So um, after about a week, I realized I needed to kind of backlog them and sort of schedule them out. Right. Like about a week at a time. Sure. I mean, basically you were by, – by mid-journey, you were a week behind basically with your videos. Is that close to right? Uh, or, or earlier than that, even okay. really. Um, I, well, I guess at the beginning, I was probably two or three days um, out. And then as I went, it kind of got further and further. Um, right. A little bit. It was never more than, than a week or so. All right. Let's tell, let's tell listeners um, where they can see this. You know. Yeah. So on YouTube, um, you can search at OG Hikes. Um, and that's all one word, at OG Hikes. Um, or you could also search for my name, which is Aaron Goss. Right. 
and there's uh, basically 150 of these. 150 videos? Yes. Oh, um, yes, so my summit day was day 151. Um, there's a couple bonus videos kind of thrown in when I sort of needed um, right. some filler to buy myself some time. Basically, I would uh, I would put the videos together when I was off trail at hostels or in, in hotels when I had uh, service and whatnot. So sometimes I would need to buy myself a little extra time, and I'd do like a little bonus sure. thrown in there. Was that pretty time consuming when you were when you were in a place that you could do that? I mean, was that a large portion of what you did when you were in like a hostel or a, or a, you know where you had sales service? It, it really was. Um, I mean, it, I got pretty quick at it. I was pretty efficient at it. Um, I could put, I could edit the videos and put them together pretty quickly, but it still took a while for them to download and then upload. Yeah. So I had to download them to my phone, and then I had to upload them to YouTube. And, and right. Those two processes, uh, it took a while. So it was kind of frustrating because sometimes all of my friends would be kind of, you know, just relaxing or going out or eating or doing whatnot, and I'd be kind of holed up in my bunk or sure. my room or wherever I was putting together videos. You were pretty dedicated to that, though. I mean, it's a pretty well documented um, story of your of your trek. It, it, it is, and it got to be sort of a hassle um, for a for a little bit of it. Um, but I'm gl- really glad that I did it, and. I'm really glad that I have kind of that visual record of the hike. Uh, and I actually went back and watched a few of the first ones the other day just just to kind of recapture, and I'm just really glad that I have them. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, of course, with everything, uh, you had it down to a pretty good art of, of the right length. It Kind of like with podcasting, sometimes you just don't know about lengths, you know, lengths of time, but you, you look like you had it down – uh, you got it down to what was pretty enjoyable. I mean, obviously, you have a ton of subscribers, a ton of, of, of people who watch. You know, the comments are huge. I mean, you've uh, become basically trail famous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of the links, um, I definitely got some feedback from um, from my older son, Caleb, um, and my younger son, Silas. They both kind of gave some feedback on that. Um, and some of their friends were, were watching and tuning in. So I got some feedback from some younger folks. Um, and then I just kind of knew from watching other hikers sort of what I – the length that I kind of enjoyed as well. Um, so I just kind of tried to keep it in that sort of 8 to 15-minute to sure. range. No one really wants to go past that. True. I mean, I, yeah, that's – I mean <laughs> – some, yeah. some of them are longer, but, but those typically are days that were pretty magical or there was something um, pretty major going on. Right, right. All right, let's go back. Let's take it all the way back to uh, 23rd of February. And so on that day, what were you feeling that day kind of with with the start of this? Um, So that very first day, uh, I was nervous. (laughs) I was scared. I I was scared about a lot of things, just kind of anxious, unsure, excited, all of that all mixed in together. Um, So... So Jenny, uh, uh, my wife, who's who's yeah, you probably know a little bit, but um, whose trail name is Honey Stinger, um, and our friend um, uh, hiked with or Rebecca um, hiked with us on the approach trail, and then a couple miles in the first day, and so then that first day out when I and they camped with me that night. So then that first day when I kind of left by myself, I started out and I was leaving the campsite. 
I got a little turned around. And I wasn't exactly sure which way to go. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Jenny was filming me walk away. And then I just kind of stopped because I wasn't exactly sure which way to travel. <laughs> That's funny. And I walked back to her, and I just kind of whispered in her ear. And I was like, I'm not exactly sure which way I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And so I kind of got my head together, sort of took a deep breath, and uh, and got on the trail and hiked out. But, um, yeah, just kind of walking away. Um, I mean, I, I, anxious, excited, nervous, all those things. Did you um... – was your mind already set that it, this was something that you could do? I, I still wasn't sure if I if I could or, or if I would be able to at that point. Um, I mean, the longest backpacking trip I'd done before was like you know, three days. So um, to try and take on something like this, I, I just wasn't sure. And that was part of the the anxious and the nervous was I, sure. I didn't want to. I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to let people down. I didn't want to let myself down. Right. So. Well, I've been around you um, a long time now, and uh, I really never had a doubt because uh, you're not too much of a quitter at anything, you know. Yeah, and a pretty determined guy. Yeah, I mean, I knew it was going to be something pretty bad to have to take me off trail. Yeah. So. And that almost happened. <laughs> yeah. I, I had I had some I had some things to do. <laughs> uh, let's talk. Let's talk about the first thing that that happened that was um, a bit freaky, even for the Appalachian Trail. Um, so I'm 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 assuming you're referring to the the dog incident. Yes. Yeah, the infamous dog incident. So, um, so it started out a great day. My my sister had come to visit me. Um, I was in Waynesboro, um, coming out of a hostel, and, and uh, my sister, whose trail name is One Mile, <laughs> came out. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> she picked me up. Uh, we hung out, and then she took me um, and a friend of mine, um, Pigpen, and she. Uh, so my sister dropped us off at, at, at the trailhead. She actually hiked um, a mile with us, hence her trail name. She always hikes <laughs> a mile. And then um, so Pigpen and I hiked out, and we got up on this on this mountaintop and there was this young couple up there and they had two dogs with them um real real nice young couple dogs were, were super cute you know uh, black lab with a bandana around its neck and i love dogs so i asked the asked the owner if i could pet his dog he said yeah sure no problem sometimes he jumps i was like well i don't care if he jumps on me i'm filthy yeah and uh, so i bent down to pet the dog and he jumped up and i didn't think anything of it because he he told me he jumps but when he jumped up, he kind of latched onto my arm and just bit down. Uh, pain shot through my arm. I pulled away. The owner pulled him back. And uh, I kind of just sort of ran away, <laughs> um, dropped all my stuff, and took a look at my arm, and it was it was pretty gnarly. It was, uh, it was pretty bad. Um, so Pigpen came over. She had some... Uh, Neosporin. She put that on. I put a Band-Aid on it, and uh, I wrapped it up with an ace bandage. And the people felt really bad. They wanted to know if they could do anything, but, I mean, I, there wasn't really anything they could do. And the only thing I wanted to do was just keep hiking. So that's what I did. I just kept hiking. <laughs> but now you did have to go get some treatment, did, did you not? I did. So I hiked out that night, and um, we got to a, a camp spot, and I set up, and and kind of got into my into my tent and I looked at the wound that night and it was it was 
pretty deep and it was pretty big. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I realized, you know, I'm out here on this trail. I, I probably need to get this looked at. And um, so I actually texted a trail angel, um, and he came. He texted me right back and said he'd come pick me up in the morning. He met me at a trailhead about 8.15, took me into town in, in there in Waynesboro, uh, took me to the urgent care, and he stuck with me the whole time. Um, at the urgent care, they couldn't they couldn't stitch it because they said it would it would hold in any infection that was there. Um, but they gave me a prescription, uh, some strong antibiotics. So I went went to CVS, picked up the prescription, and the trail angel took me back to the trail, and then I hiked on from there. Wow, I guess you had to change that out a lot for the next little while. I did. So that was the main thing was just trying to keep it clean, and that was really a hassle on trail. I'm sure um, it was. Yeah, I would have to. I would have to keep bottled water with me that I didn't use for drinking, but right. I only used for cleaning the wound. Right. And I would change the dressing two times a day, yeah. um, which was definitely a hassle. But uh, so I had to keep, um, you know, the bandages, vasotracin, uh, clean water, uh, ace bandage. That I tried to keep clean. Which which would have also been extra weight in your pack. It, it was, and so that water that that I was carrying, you know. It would just be for cleaning the water. Right. So, yeah. Um, uh, so when did you realize that it was going to be okay and that you could probably so, continue on? Um, so it never it never looked bad. Like it never. Well, it looked really. Yeah. Bad. It always still it still bad. looks bad. But in terms of like from an infection standpoint, it never. Um, you know, got like sort of reddish or, or scary looking. Um, and I was actually hiking with uh, with a guy named Gummy Bear who is a nurse. He's a traveling nurse, um, works in the ER. And um, I caught up with him probably a, uh, probably a week or so after the bite incident. And uh, he would keep an eye on it for me as well. And so oh, that, was, that always kind of gave me um, uh, reassurance. Sure, that, yeah. That he was kind of checking it out as well. Now... Okay, we'll we'll back up. We're going to step back again here a little bit. Uh, you kind of inched your days or your miles up as you went along. I mean, I, I, basically, did you hike yourself into hiker legs, hiker shape? Because yep. I know you were in good shape before you left. I mean, you've been working on getting yourself in shape, but that's kind of like what they always say. He's in good shape, but he's not in football shape or he's not in basketball shape. And I guess it's the same about the trail too, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I worked out as much as I could, but nothing really replicates, you know, hiking every day as hiking every day. And so when you know, I, I worked right up until I left, so you just can't replicate hiking, right. you know, eight to twelve hours. Sure, yeah. Um, so the so the biggest thing was getting getting my feet strong and calloused to where they didn't hurt. I mean, your your feet just. At the beginning of the hike, they hurt all the time, and I can't really remember when it was that they didn't hurt anymore. But but at, at some point, my feet just didn't hurt. Adapted, I guess. They adapted, yeah. yeah. Um, and I actually can't even really uh, feel them <laughs> right now, <laughs> um, which I've, I've read is is common. Um, but it's sort of like they're uh, it's like they're that feeling like when your feet are asleep, sort of that kind of. But like I just can't really feel them right now. But. I, I think they'll come back around. Wow. Um, but yeah, uh, so like, so like day two, I did. I think I did 16 miles that day, which was kind of a uh, definitely a push and kind of more miles than a lot of folks kind of do on their second day. Um, but it took me all day, and I was dead tired. 
Um, and then towards the end of the hike, I mean, 20-mile days were, were no problem. And, and I was still, I wouldn't say fresh, but, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely hiked myself into, into shape. I th- I'd say it probably took about 600 miles or so before I really had really? my legs. Well, that's a pretty long way, really. You would you would think it would be sooner than that. Yeah, you would think. But I think just from, I don't know, to really have trail legs where I could just hike all day and it didn't bother me, I'd say it took probably 600 miles. Well, now, another thing that I'm going to ask you, because a lot of people encounter this with uh, within several miles, is uh, you had no real blister problems? The only real um, blisters I got were one, so one day, it's probably a, I don't know, a couple weeks into the hike. So I always wore in gingy toe sock liners underneath my darn tough socks. And they really helped to prevent blisters. Um, and so I hadn't been getting any blisters at all. And one day my uh, my socks, were they were just filthy. And I think they were probably wet. And I was just like, I'm just not going to put these on today. And that day... I got loaded up with blisters, <laughs> and so I wore them every other day after that. And never had them again. No, yeah, never. never and, and and at the end, I know your feet had to be wrinkled and all. I'm surprised you didn't have them because you spent a large portion at the end of your journey in water. There was about probably two weeks or so where my feet were wet every single day. Yeah. Um, it was just so much rain and so much water uh, on the trail. There were days multiple days in a row where I was literally hiking through a, through a creek. I mean, the trail was a creek, and I would my feet were underwater all day long. But, st- but still, you did not get blisters. I, I, I got hot spots. Yeah. Um, and about midday, I would always stop, take off my shoes, take off my socks, and try and air out my feet as best I could. They would, they'd be just pruny, you know, yeah. completely pruny. Um, but I had enough... Um, callus material on my feet that, that they held up. I never got trench foot. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, they were they were definitely my feet got tough. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say they they did. And obviously it's um a fine endorsement of your of your sock socks that you wore. Uh obviously you took one of them out and it changed the whole thing so Obviously, you had the right combination of sock and shoe. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty common setup. Um, a lot of folks use the Ingenji um, toe liners um, and the darn tough socks over top. That's that's the most common sock on trail. Um, they really are, they are they really are great. Um, darn tough, not darn tough, right? Darn tough. <laughs> and, if, and if they get a, a hole at any point, you can exchange them for a new pair. Wow, so, lifetime guarantee. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's. Do you have to exchange one? I've got one pair that's got a hole, um, so I'll be I'll be exchanging them. So that's cool. I carried, I carried three pair of those, um, two to hike in and then one to sleep in, um, and uh, I would just rotate them. Um, but when one pair got wet, I you know I I could switch out to another pair, but then you just have two pairs that are right wet. that are wet. So I mean yeah. they just never dry out on trail. All right. Well. Um, how did you sleep? I mean, I mean, that's a lot of miles. Did you sleep good at night because of the miles, or were there some, you know? It, 
Yeah, I'd say I'd say there was a combination. Um, I mean, there were some nights when I would get to camp and I would just be absolutely exhausted, and I could just sleep through the night no matter what. Um, but then there were also some instances where the shelter, like where, so if it was raining, I would try and stay in the shelter. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times, if it's raining, a lot of other people are trying to stay in the shelter. Sure. And so we would be just sleeping pad to sleeping pad right um and if i knew the folks it, it was no big deal right but if it was somebody new or somebody i hadn't met before it's just awkward it's like yeah that close yeah i'm sure i'm sure it is yeah i'm sure it is um uh let's uh okay this will be an interest of listeners of course uh let's talk about wildlife that you saw along the way so uh yeah there was there was a there was it took a while kind of um to to start to see some so when i started it was still you know pretty cold yeah yeah um so i didn't really see that much at the beginning um but um i saw i saw an owl in southwest virginia that was absolutely magnificent it was huge i I was i was hiking along it was um near the priest mountain and which is kind of an iconic spot. And I heard this sound. It sounded like a bass drum thumping. I was like, what is that? And I kept hiking. And then finally I heard it again. I looked to my right, and there was a, the most giant owl you've ever seen beating its wings, and it sounded like a bass drum. Wow, that's pretty powerful. It was amazing. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, and so um, in Pennsylvania, I came across three rattlesnakes. Uh, one on the trail that was as close to as me and you, and uh, I was a I was about to step and I and I heard it. It, it warned me, and so I, I gave it a wide berth, and went way around it. Sure. Uh, I saw three bear, uh, which was really cool. I'd wanted to see a bear, but I wanted to see it in the right right situation. My right situation was to be able to see the bear get a photo and have it run away yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like the I mean, that's, that's a, a yeah sign. yeah yeah that's that's i mean sure that's, so um i only got so out of the three i only got one picture out out of it um but but that was cool not to see three bear um and then around vermont we started to see piles and piles of moose poop um piles of it <laughs> and so i really wanted to see the actual moose and um the uh, the last day of actual hiking, not my summit day, but the last day of hiking, I heard a big splash in the water, and I looked up, and there was a moose. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it, was, it was so awesome to, to get to see. Now, you saw, I guess you saw the ponies when you went through uh, Grayson Highlands? I did. So I had really bad weather going through Grayson Highlands. So I'm going to go back and, and rehike that section um, because I had terrible wind and rain, 40-mile-per-hour wind. And so walking through there, you're exposed. It's, it's above tree line. And so it was really, really rough. And I was just keeping my eyes peeled, just trying to find a pony, because I was like, I've got to see these ponies. Right. And so way off in the distance, it was probably at least half a mile off trail, I saw these two ponies, and I was like, well, i got to go see them. So I hiked over to them. And like, like I said, it was at least 40-mile-per-hour wind gusts, and those ponies could care less about me <laughs> and I'd heard all these stories about how friendly they were and how they would lick you and all this kind of stuff but I think those ponies were just they were just trying to survive out there right. <laughs> so but I did see them and then uh, tell me about the wild goats 
Yeah, so uh, in <laughs> Harrisburg, there's this uh, group of six wild goats that kind of roam the AT through that section, and I'd heard about them. And uh, so I, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I hope I get to see these goats. And so I was, I was hiking along. I just left the rice field shelter, which is a gorgeous shelter. And um, I was hiking along, and all of a sudden I see these goats come, come running up. And I was like, oh, there's the goats. So I'm, I'm fishing out my phone out of my pocket, and I start filming them. And these goats come up, and they just basically, like, attack me. <laughs> <laughs> and they all have horns, and they're kind of scary, and there's six of them. And they're just licking the salt off my legs and off my arms, and they're just pushing each other to get to me, and they're all kind of knocking into me. And so I was trying to fend them off with my hiking poles, and then they start licking my hiking poles. <laughs> and the guy I was hiking with, he just sort of he walked around it, and then he starts filming me, <laughs> not helping at all. <laughs> and then finally, they all just ran off. Well, that's crazy. Yeah, it was nuts. Um, did you stay in any places that you thought were kind of scary, creepy? Um, I, for the most part. I was never really sketched out about right. where I was staying. It was it's funny like the progression like like the second night I camped alone. Um they call it stealth camping, but you're not really stealth because I mean people can find you. See you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's just like a common term people call it right. stealth camping. It's actually dispersed camping. Right. Uh, it's not it's not like an assigned campsite. Right. Um so that second night I, I had a stealth spot dispersed camping and and Every crack, every noise, <laughs> leaf rustle, I sure. was on edge. And then towards the end, I mean, I would just throw my tent up and get in there and just sleep through the night, um, and and nothing would really phase me. One night, I was in a, I was in a shelter in uh, in Virginia, Northern Virginia area, and I'd actually hiked out later than everybody else, and uh, gotten to the trail later, and so I was hiking by myself. And so I camped in that shelter completely by myself. Um, so just out in the middle of the wilderness in the woods, completely by myself, and I was so incredibly content. It was, That's great. It was awesome. Yeah. You stayed in a place. You heard gunshots one night, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> bad. Yeah, yeah. So I forgot about that. So yeah, no, I was hiking, and um, I was hiking along, and uh, it, it looked it looked like rain. It looked like it was going to rain, and I came to this place. It was a it was an old schoolhouse um, from like the 1800s, and they actually have it open um, for hikers to use. And there's and there's a little bit of um, there's like some uh, resupply stuff in there that you can get. People have it kind of dropped off, um, but you can actually stay there if you want to. Um, and so it's this old old you know schoolhouse, one room schoolhouse. Um, they have benches in there that the kids, the students used to sit on, and, and a couple of them are pushed together, and it actually makes, like, a really good little sleeping pa- platform. And so, um, like I said, it was kind of getting late, and it looked like rain, and, you know, that place was completely covered. So I was like, well, I'll just stay here. And so around – so, you know, we go to bed super early. Oh, yeah. We're typically asleep by 7.30. Sure. 7.30 or 8. And so – Around midnight, I am awoken to the sound of two guys pulling up in a car, hopping out, and then uh, several gunshots, or maybe they were fireworks. 
Either way, it was right. really loud. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess everything is kind of mag- magnified when you're when you're used to uh, quiet for the most part. Well, and I had this rule that I never camp anywhere near. I, I never anywhere closer than half a mile to a road. Sure, there's always yahoos that can rule. Right. Um, yeah. When you're that close to a road, and this schoolhouse was right on a road, and so I was kind of breaking that rule. Yeah, but I did not expect to be woken up at midnight to the sound of gunshots, <laughs> and so then I laid awake for for an hour or so, um, just kind of wondering wh- what that was and, and are they coming back? And sure. Did they know I was in there or were they just shooting or, or, or what was going on? But, um, yeah, that was that was scary. Yeah. All right. Now, how much snow did you encounter early? So when I first started, I started um, – so the trail starts in, in, in Georgia. And uh, when I first started, I – I had really good weather. It was about 60 degrees or so. Um, but as I hiked along, when I got to the Smokies, it turned cold. Um, it turned really, really cold, uh, like like 10 degrees. Yeah, yeah, that's cold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's cold. And so we got, we got hit with an ice storm um, the first night. So the first two days in the Smokies were, were great. Um, cold, but beautiful and clear. And then we got hit with an ice storm and then a snowstorm after that. And so then I hiked in snow for probably a week or so after that, um, and it was cold. Yeah, I'm sure. It was cold, but I did not mind hiking in the cold. Was it slick? Was it, was it slick in places? Well, those trails are there are are pretty laid out and pretty straightforward through the Smokies for the most part. They are. Um, there there were some sections where uh, where it was kind of iced over, um, and a lot of people will bring. Spikes, the right. hiker spikes, and right. attach to your shoes. I didn't have anything like that, and I didn't ever really, um, I didn't really feel like I, I needed them. Right. Ever. But uh, but there there absolutely were some some slick spots. Yeah. Well, I, actually, I I do remember from your videos that uh, you had the opportunity to go through the Smokies and all their balls and all that stuff with unobstructed views because it was winter time, no leaves. You got some really beautiful pictures during that time. Oh, for sure. I got some really, really good views. Um, so the, the first two days in the Smokies, it was it was clear, and I, I was able to see, you know, for miles. I was actually um, uh, on a fire tower with 360-degree views. Absolutely gorgeous. All right. Um, and then, and then when the ice storm hit. I was in an I was in an area of the Smokies that typically have really really beautiful views, um, but I was completely socked in. Right. So I, I didn't have the far off views, but I did have the the views of the, of the trees being iced. Sure, the winter views that are yeah. the uh, I mean that's magic too. It, it really was. It was. Um, but I said as soon as I finished the Smokies, I, I said, you know, I'm definitely going back and sure. hiking that section. Sure. So, yeah. One of your favorites. Uh, it was, yeah, for sure. It was, it was really, really pretty. Um, really good hiking. Uh, Where, early on, it was my, it was my favorite section, and it, it remained my favorite section for a long time. And 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 what became your favorite section? I would say uh, the section of of New Hampshire, um, from the Kinsmans all the way through the Presidentials up the Wildcat Mountains. Um, really, really hard hiking. I mean, like. I can't even describe how hard. I mean, just next level. I mean, it's not like hiking around here. We, right. We have some challenging hikes for sure, and we have some 
tall mountains. Right, this. right. Um, but the way they design the trails there, they don't they don't use switchbacks. Right. You're basically just straight, straight hiking up a rock fall, <laughs> straight up. Mm. <laughs> and uh, but it's, but the views there are absolutely gorgeous. The views I got from Franconia Ridge were absolutely amazing. Um, my, probably my favorite. So oh, that's favorite. good. That's good. Yeah. Now. I, I, from what I could view from your videos, it seems like Maine is one pond after another. It 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 kind of appears that way in the videos for sure, because um, and the trail takes you by a ton of them, um, but there's also a lot of of climbing yeah. and elevation there as well, um, especially at the beginning. Um, and it's one of my one of my viewers had commented that. Uh, New Hampshire and the White Mountains beat you up, and then and then Southern Maine grinds you into dust. And when I got there, I really felt that quote. No, <laughs> I really felt it. Um, we were all so so tired. Right after after New Hampshire, and we kind of had this idea in our head that oh, well, we're we're through Correct. the White Mountains, we're right. out of New Hampshire. It's we're gonna we're gonna be good now. And then we got into Southern Maine, and it was even harder. Wow. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, it was challenging. That, and I think we were tired as well. Sure. Yeah. What part did you dislike the most? That's so easy. <laughs> That's so easy to answer. <laughs> Pennsylvania. Really? It was, just, it was awful. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pennsylvania people, but that was awful. Um, it felt like they had a strip of land that they couldn't do anything else with. So they said, here, you can have this. Put your trail here. And it was just awful. Um, it was close to roads. It was close to the interstate. It was rocky. Now, I'm not talking about rocky to where you could just bounce from boulder to boulder or just avoid them. With It was just a, a path of rocks, jabby, pointy rocks, and you're just walking on top of jabby, pointy rocks all day long. Um, the views were minimal. The trail was not interesting. Uh, I, I noticed that it's the king of Appalachian Trail graffiti, too, it looked to me to be. It's so weird. It's so weird. Like, why are people going out and spray painting rocks? And and, and, the, and the folks there are, are trying their best. They've, they've, they've gone out and cleaned the rocks, and it's expensive to do that. I talked to some trail maintainers. And it's real expensive to clean the rocks, and um, and they're and they're doing their best. And there was actually one whole section of the trail that they rerouted away from a beautiful rocky outcropping because people were spray painting it so much. Um, so yeah, it was just. What's up, people from Pennsylvania? Why do you want to graffiti up everything? It was strange. It it really was. Um, the little the little towns we walked to through were uh, interesting. The, the people were nice, um, but it, it was it was rough. It was rough areas, mm-hmm. and uh, that was my least favorite section. I, I, I saw ponds. Did you get any any of those ponds? Uh, so up up in in Maine, when I was um, in the hundred mile wilderness, I was kind of taking my time through that section, and I basically planned it out to where I'd be at a pond every single night, uh, and I took a swim at each, each night uh, through the hundred mile wilderness. Were they cold? They weren't actually. Oh, really? You would, you would think that it yeah. would be cold, but um, I, I guess they were shallow enough to where the water was was warm, warm enough. 
Well, I, I saw you avoided uh, leeches at some point. Yeah, so I, I was I was really leery about getting in the ponds because I knew that some of them did have leeches. Um, and so I would always look kind of before I got in. Right. And the, one of the last ones that I got in, in I think it was I been Rain, Rainbow Lake. I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, I went out and swam, cleaned up, had a nice dip. And then a little while later, I went back down to the pond just to try and catch the sunset. And I was looking down at the water, and I saw three or four. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And so I don't know if maybe they just came out in the evening or if Could I just be. didn't see them before. But anyway, none of them attached to me. Well, that's so good. I mean, that's, that's, that, that, is a, that is a plus, no doubt. For sure. I, um, uh, now, let's see. Let's, you want to talk about your family get there in Summerton, or you want to talk about that now? Uh, sure, yeah. Um, so I had this. I had a, a tracker that I kept up with, so it was kind of a, um, a daily log, and it, I would put in my miles, and I, I could also put in some notes. And it, it was it's a great way to just kind of keep up with, with everything daily, and it would also kind of give me an estimated finish time. And so as I was going, my estimated finish time was – was inching up earlier and earlier and so um originally i thought i could maybe summit around the between the 12th and the 15th but then i kind of slowed down i slowed way down when we got to the whites when we got to right. in Maine. um so anyway we, we'd always planned that the that the family would come up and summit with me um and so as i was kind of watching the tracker it looked closer and closer to around the 18th or 19th was going to be my summit day. And my older son, Caleb, um, whose trail name is Pop-Tart, he had a, uh, a work commitment that, you know, he was definitely not going to be able to get out of right. that was on the 18th. And so the kind of the soonest that he would be able to sort of be there and, and be a part of it would be around the 22nd or 23rd. Um, and so we kind of pushed out the summit date to there and 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 just so you know it's like getting into baxter state park which is where mount katahdin is which is the which is the northern terminus of the appalachian trail getting in there is kind of complicated you have to have a reservation um you have to have a parking pass and and they all those reservations from parking passes kind of sell out really quickly and so it's kind of a and plus i mean the family would have to fly there sure they have to rent a place yeah rent a car it's it's all it's all really kind of complicated right yeah i agree um, and so we kind of set this we kind of set this summit date pretty far pretty far in advance in order to coordinate all right. these elements uh, yeah. um and as i got closer i started to make up ground once i got out of out of new hampshire and out of the southern maine and so i probably could have summited probably four or five days sooner than what i did right um but it but so it allowed me to go through the hundred mile wilderness, which is basically the last section of the trail, uh, at kind of a leisurely pace. A lot of people just when they get there, they just want to be done. Sure, hammer themselves through it. Yeah, and they just want to push, you know, twenty, twenty five, twenty eight mile days through there. And I could have, I could have done that. The terrain sort of allows for that. Um, but I was really, really happy that I didn't do that, and I was able to just kind of take my time. I did, uh, I did a 12 mile day a 14 mile day i mean definitely lower mile days and um and just kind of took my time through that section 
Um, and so it worked out to where, so I kind of stretched it out to where, where the family would meet me and, uh, and come and pick me up. And, uh, and then we summited on the 23rd. I watched the video this morning. Uh, um, it looked pretty, it looked like a pretty high, rocky, straight up climb. It was, it was all of that. <laughs> it was. It I mean, was. I mean, obviously the mileage was not much for you. And I noticed on it that you handled it really, really well. But for someone without trail legs, that's a pretty tough hike. Oh, no, that's, that is a hard hike. I mean, that is a hard hike. So it's, it's 5.2 from the, from the kind of parking area, Katahdin Stream Campground parking area, up, up the Hunt Trail, which is, which is the Appalachian Trail um, that leads you. There's, there's a number of trails that lead you to the summit of Mount Katahdin. But the Appalachian Trail is the Hunt Trail, and that's probably one of the hardest. I, I think it probably is. Yeah, I think I think all the trails to the top of Katahdin are probably difficult, but I think that's probably the hardest, yeah. uh, or one of the hardest. Um, it's five point two miles up, which I mean doesn't sound like very much, but it's basically four thousand feet of elevation gain over four miles. Right, um, and it's not it's not like hiking at your local state park or your local trail i mean it is it's, it's basically, not a state maintained road that you're hiking on no it's not an old logging road it's nothing right. like that it's basically bouldering pulling yourself up over rocks scrambling pretty so much scrambling that, yeah for about three miles <laughs> you know uh, yeah i noticed that um your family was struggling a bit but they but they got through it you know I, uh, yeah no i thought i thought they did amazing um like I said, it's a really, really hard climb, and if you're not used to that kind of bouldering and scrambling, and, and it, it can be definitely intimidating. You also got your pretty good day to go up. I mean, socked in a little bit on the way up, but 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 I think the contrast, as opposed to a beautiful clear day, I think the views that you got with the contrast in the clouds, as opposed to just a totally clear blue sky. Might have even been better, you know. It it gave, it gave some perspective, yeah. And it was um, I I told I told the honey stinger all along. I don't care if it's uh, you know completely socked in. If there's no views, or sure. Anything. I just, I, I just yeah. I want I want to get there and touch yeah, that song. I understand. Um, but but I knew that I knew that having some I mean having some views is always yeah. Better. It's always, it's always I agree. I totally agree. Um, but I agree with what you're saying. That kind of having the perspective of, of some clouds and then some views kind of allows you to see the majesty of, of both of them. Yeah, it does. And and the fact that um, it also brings in perspective that it's a rugged place. It's a rugged climb. It's uh, uh, not not very easy. And I could also see that that Katahdin could be a, a real troublesome thing in uh, cold, cold or wet weather. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Windy. So, I don't think you even had much wind, did you, as opposed to what you could have had. Yeah, no, because um, I definitely had some, some climbs on some mountains that were above treeline that were exposed that mm. were in really bad conditions and so i'm so very thankful i didn't have that on yeah. Katahdin. one of my good buddies that i hiked with quite a bit um big t he went up on a rainy day yeah i saw it it looked terrible it looked it looked tough and and you know it uh uh 
yeah, it looked really hard on a day like that. So a couple a couple mountaintops that I went over that were exposed in some bad weather. I went over Musilaki um, in in rain, and uh, when I got up to the top, the exposed area above tree line, it was like needles hitting you. The the rain uh, just being pushed onto you so hard, you can't see, and it's just whiteout conditions, and it's just it's. It's scary, and so um, I'm really glad that we didn't have that on guitar. Right. Another one I was up on, uh, Whitecap Mountain uh, in, in Maine there in the 100-mile wilderness, and, and I hiked up, and I got right before tree line, and I could see how windy and how uh, rainy it was. It, it wasn't even raining at the time, but there was a, a rain cloud just kind of sitting on that peak, um, and the winds were just gusting. And so when I finally broke tree line and I stepped out, I, I literally got pushed huh. off of the trail into the bushes, oh, and I just fought my way through that section and just finally made it back to tree line and, and just and hustled down from there. I saw, I saw through the hundred mile wilderness, maybe a little before that you were pretty well uh, committed to the uh, bug mesh. The bugs in Maine were insane. They were absolutely ridiculous. That, is that the worst along the trail? It, it, it was it was horrible. I mean, I, I had this, I had this, uh, was it Burt's Bug Spray? or oh, I can't remember the brand, but it's like 100 deep. And I was just spraying that stuff on me. You know that stuff's not good. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's <laughs> not. No, I can't hear it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it, it just barely kind of kept them away. But right. anything else, whatever other kind you tried, they just laughed at you. Yeah, like, we've seen this before. <laughs> and so, and but they would find the spot that you haven't sprayed. Just, <laughs> That's funny how they can do that. Or into you. It was so it was a kind of a it was a mixture. You'd have gnats that would float around and just sort of attack your eyes. You had the mosquitoes just just swarming around in your ears all over you. And then you had the black flies, which when they get on you, they just you don't even know that they're there until they start kind of boring into you. By then, it's too late. They've dug a hole in you, and you're just spurting out blood. It's awful. And then you got and then you got the deer ticks that yeah. are just buzzing around, and and those things are just you smack them, and they just kind of laugh at you. Mm. So it was, um, yeah, it was rough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I saw that you you pretty much had it, and you would put you would cut your videos fairly short to put your stuff back on, you know. Yeah, and and it made drinking throughout the day oh, I'm sure. difficult. It made eating difficult. Um, you just didn't want to stop. Uh, you couldn't stop. You would just get attacked. But then it was weird because it would be kind of little pockets where you'd sort of have a break from them. Huh? Yeah. I don't, and I don't know what the difference. Was. What the difference was? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do what we're talking about eating. Let's let's talk about eating along the trail. So I'd say the biggest thing is it's impossible to consume enough calories while you're hiking. Um, and I wasn't the fastest hiker, so for me to do 20-plus mile days, I would start hiking by about 6.30, um, and I would basically hike till probably about 7.30. Sure. Or so. um, and when you're, when you're moving that much, it's just hard to consume enough calories. Um, so my day would start around 4.30 or 5, um, I'd wake up, I'd make my uh, oatmeal. I'd make two packets of oatmeal and black coffee every morning. 
Um, and I'd get packed up, and I'd start hiking, and then I would have second breakfast. Sure. And that was typically um, a power bar of some sort. Um, cliff bars were kind of my go-to. Uh, and I had a lot of trail buddies that absolutely can't stand a cliff bar right. anymore. And I would, I, I could eat one right now. Oh, here you <laughs> go. That's good. Bottom. I mean, that's good, though, that, yeah. that your stuff didn't get old. Uh, uh, tortilla shells, I guess you're really still uh, big on them. I, I, I mean, so, yeah, so that would be my lunch. I would stop. I would have a, a, a tortilla with a packet of tuna in it um, and then a tortilla with peanut butter and some sort of candy yeah. or gummy worms. Gum, gummy worms, <laughs> yeah. And that, those got filmed a lot. Just yeah, they, they did. They were kind of visual. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, chips, uh, Cheetos, any kind of, any kind of high-calorie chip. Um, and then, like, some cookies uh, and some candy. That would sort of be my lunch. Um, and I used a lot of electrolyte packets in my water sure. to try and make it taste better. Uh, there were some times when the when the water was really kind of yellow-tinted because of the tannins. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a little bit less appetizing. It didn't yeah. taste bad, but it just sort of looks bad. Right. Um, and so the flavor packets would help with that too, just kind of get some color to the water. Um, and then uh, and then I would eat bars kind of throughout the day. And then uh, when I got to camp, kind of my go-to meal was was uh, double ramen Slim Jim. Sure. Yeah, I've seen the video on that. <laughs> so uh, two packets of, of ramen noodles, uh, three Slim Jims, I kind of all cooked up together, um, and I would usually use one of the flavor packets, maybe one and a half. Um, and I know those things are, you know, filled with sodium, sure. and whatnot, but I mean, I was yeah, yeah I, I, sweating, yeah, profusely. Sure, I was during the hot times so, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'd I'd have some chips again. I'd have some candy again. <laughs> Just really, what was that? Whatever was in my pack, right? Yeah, that um. Uh, well, now let's talk water a little bit. I, I, of course, you had a filter system that you used. For, were you ever in any any places where you were really in dire straits of needing water? Uh, so there were definitely some sections where there were really long water carries, um, like kind of in between water sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of them come to mind. Um, one in Virginia where I was up on a ridge line for probably, I think, close to 11 miles, mm. which is kind of a long time. And, and the thing about that particular section was we had kind of a heat wave, and the and the trees hadn't leafed out yet. Right. And so I was up on a ridge line. It was hotter than normal, and the trees were providing no coverage. Um, and so that kind of caught me off guard a little bit because up to that point, getting water was really easy it was really plentiful and it was everywhere um and then we kind of got on that that sort of long exposed ridge line and that was um that was that was a rough section because of that uh, and just being out of water and then uh there were sections in pennsylvania really long sections in pennsylvania where there was no water um but thankfully trail angels would leave water jugs at trailheads sure and so uh so I was able to kind of get water at, at some of those trailheads just from water jugs. So all right, well, let's. All right, first before we go, I'm, I want to go to Trail Angel since you just brought that up. But what did you filter your water with? 
Uh, yeah, so um, my, my water filter of choice was the Catadine V-Free. Uh, a lot of people use the Sawyer Squeeze, mm-hmm. um, but I just like the, the ease and the simplicity of the, of the Catadine. It has a, uh, a bag you know, it attaches to the filter. So you just kind of scoop with the bag scoop or hold it under a water flow, and then it just filters straight from there into your water bottle. Did, what, and then what kind of water bottle did you use? So I had two smart water bottles, um, and I actually got them at the very start. And I still had the same two at the very end. That's crazy. That's just that's that's crazy. We can't go to a, you know, you can't go anywhere, and and still have the same water bottle these days. So you know, um, those two held up the whole time. I had stickers on them. Uh, I guess that sells a lot for smart water than smart water bottles. Well, I mean, it, it it shows you how how much those things can take, and it also shows you like how much they're not going to break down. True. Um, yeah, when they, yeah, yeah. So I did not want to contribute. I mean, it was my my little part to kind of help in the environment. Was sure. Holding on to the same two the whole yeah, time. Yeah, that's great. Um, now let's talk Trail Angels. Let's t- just tell the listeners about Trail Angels. So, yeah, so uh, Trail Angels come in, in many forms. Um, <laughs> it could be, you know, somebody that just – is out, uh, you know, section hiking or day hiking, and they offer you a snack, you know, yeah. along the way. And I, and I had that happen so many times, and I was so thankful for that. Um, trail angels are also people that kind of come, that sometimes come out to trailheads and, and do like a whole hiker feed and, and put on like a, you know, a whole feed for, for any hiker coming through. You had one kind of attach themselves to you at some point, did you not? So I had a, I had a great trail angel. His name was, um, was PTO. His trail name was PTO. And um, he had hiked the trail in 2022, or 2020. Um, and he had had a trail angel support him. And so he wanted to be able to kind of give back to the to the community. And so he always sort of picks out a couple folks that, um, that are that are YouTubing, um, that he can kind of get to know right. and, and supports them on the trail. And so I was one of the ones that he supported this year. And he actually came out to uh, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, uh, and also uh, all the way up to Maine. Wow. And helped me out. I mean, that's pretty dedicated. It, it really was. It was, And it was amazing um, just to be able to come out of the woods and, and see him and, and his wife, Sue. And, uh, and, they, and they fed us, and they just were so nice, and it was just um, – yeah, it was awesome. But you had several people along the way that did similar things, also, right? Yeah, absolutely. So there was a, there was another couple um, that were there in uh, in their home state of New Jersey, and they came out and, and fed us a couple times, and and um, just uh, you know sat with us and, and talked with us, and um, it was yeah, it was really amazing. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I guess that does restore some faith in humanity. It, yeah, it really does, um, and not just the trail angels on the trail oh and the, and the trail angel I mentioned who came and picked me up yeah. and, oh yeah and when I got bit by the dog I mean I, I tried to give him money at the end he said well how about five dollars I was like well I don't have a five dollar bill I have a ten here take this and he's like no I just want five if you don't have one don't worry about it wow he wouldn't even take money and he was with me all day I mean it's just that kind of stuff it just makes you just it's just amazing uh, were there, how about uh, the locals in towns how were they towards three hikers or Every, every town I went through was was welcoming. I never had an instance where I felt kind of unwelcome. Right, like they didn't really want you here. They just tolerate you. Yeah, no, it was always very welcoming. That's great. Um, yeah, mean. it was it was really cool. That that part was was cool. I think, I mean, some of these small towns in in you know very rural Appalachia, um, 
they get it. You know, the trail is sure. a source of income for them. Yeah, it is. I um, agree. And so some of the, you know, shuttle drivers, that's that's their source sure. of income. Sure. And you had to use them from time to time. I, I did, and, and I, uh, I had some great uh, shuttle drivers. Um, I, I had one shuttle driver that we we didn't care much for, but um, but he got us where we needed to go. Right. And so that was fine. That's good. I yeah. mean, that's, that's pretty small, really. Yeah. And I guess the relationships you've built along the way, are, you can't – there's no way to touch on those, I don't think. I mean, that's a camaraderie that you would have to be there to understand, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's kind of like a sports team or, or yeah. any other kind of team sure. or, or, or a band yeah. that you're in. You sure. know, I mean, the, the stories you share from, sure. from the road or from gigs yeah. or, or, you know, I mean, so this, yeah, the the bond and, and, the, and the stories that we share and the adventures we shared, it's just sure. – and you're pooping in the woods together. I mean, you know. <laughs> we get some separation. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, you know, we set our tents up right beside sure. each other. You know, uh, we're hearing each other throughout the night. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Right. You know, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it, they become uh, – uh, it's like what I say when I do these interviews sometimes after we do these interviews I know more about uh, people than some of their very close friends do because they sit here and tell me stuff that your friends or your family doesn't really get to sit down and do this very often you know right and sometimes you uncover something that you just like a story that you maybe somebody's wanting to tell and they just hold on to yeah oh yeah yeah it is you know it's a but I, I hiked with some great people. Um, so a couple that stand out um, that I had kind of um, really long time. Um, I'll mention just uh, – well, I don't want to leave anybody out, but I'll just throw out a couple names. So, um, you know, we all go by trail names. Sure. So um, young kid named Grateful, uh, another young kid named Big Tuna, which I actually named Big Tuna, so I was happy about that. Um, Radio and Coyote, they were great. Um, a girl named Hellman. Um, hiked through, through the Smokies with them. Um, so, so gummy bear, I basically hiked with from around mile fifty, pretty much the entire trail. Yeah, that's pretty um, cool. Y'all were together a lot. There were there were times when it might be a week or so when I don't even you know we don't see each other. He might be a day or two ahead of me, me a day or two ahead right. of him. But we always kind of kept up with each other and always sort of met back up. Um, Odin, I hiked with from Shenandoah pretty much all the way through the end. Um, great guy, um, old, older gentleman, military background, um, but just this kind of calm quiet demeanor um i, I don't it's great hiking with him um river uh young 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 kid from uh main area um stickers uh, uh younger younger than me 30s um yeah. from from richmond virginia area um those were kind of my my immediates um but there's so many others that i that i met along the way and hiked with for brief periods or, or short, you know. Short and you periods. had a cousin come out and actually hike with you a yeah, section, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so my, my cousin, um, uh, Bill, Bill um, he came out. Um, it was funny because he, he asked me early on, he was like, hey, I got a crazy idea. Would I be able to, would you mind if I joined you and hiked the state of Massachusetts with you? He's from there. And I was like, no, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. And so he was like, all right, I'm going to get in shape. And, you know, we'll, We'll, we'll hike the whole state, you know, 
was kind of the plan. Um, and so he was kind of getting in shape for like 14 to 15 mile day. Right. Which, yeah. Which is kind of what I was hiking at the time. Sure. And by the time I got there, I was hiking 20 to 25 miles. Right. Pretty regularly. So um, he was kind of planning on 14, 15 mile days, but a couple, couple days came up a little shorter than that. I think we did a couple 12, 12 miles. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then we did a 16 mile day. Um, so. Uh, yeah, but it was so awesome hiking with him. It was so much fun um, just to be able to, to hike with, with my cousin sure. I haven't seen in so many years. and um, We had a great time. That's great. We had a great time. That's great. Um, you did it faster than you thought you were going to, right? I did. So originally I thought around uh, kind of mid-August mm-hmm. would be my, my completion date. Um, and I was basing that on 15-mile days with a zero every week. Right. Um, and so, you know, zero is basically you, you hike zero miles that day. Right. I was thinking I would need one a week just to kind of recover. Um, but I actually only took seven zeros the entire time. Yeah, that's, that in itself is pretty amazing. Well, and and one of them was like just an extra day when I was just trying to kill time to try and right. make You took a double zero, like, waiting on your family, right? I did, and it, it, I was going stir crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to hike. Did you hike? Did you walk up here today? I, I did not. I should have. I had to go by my mom's house. And okay. Do some chores for her. Okay. All right. Uh, I was just just curious. Uh, well, now we're to the big. We're back. I don't believe for one minute that you're done hiking, or or that hiking adventures are. I don't want to ever be in a tent again. I don't ever want to. I don't believe that's coming because you, you actually, and I think you said it, and I think you're right. You kind of have a knack for it. I mean, well, it's 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 funny. Like you can actually get good at hiking. Like you think, like well, you're just walking. Like, yeah. What does getting good at hiking mean? Well, I mean, I mean, a lot of people's body can't take it. A lot, and obviously, you have an efficiency that allows you. And, and an endurance that allows you to uh, make a long day out of out of walking. And, and, a, and an appreciation and a love of it, too. I mean, because mm-hmm. a, a lot of folks did it, and they were grumpy the whole sure. time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, yeah, I loved it. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not being grumpy. I'm not complaining. I'm not, I'm not complaining. <laughs> well, I wanted to make sure that I stayed positive on the videos because a lot of my viewers were, and they would tell me, you know, hey, I'm watching from my office, or I'm right. watching from cubic, sure, cube, yeah. you know, cube land here at, at work, and right. and you're my outlet. So sure. I didn't want to be Gr- grumpy a pants, yeah, downer. Yeah, I mean, I'm out here getting to experience something that they, true that they want to or can't. Or I mean, or, I mean, in a lot of ways, you were living the life. I mean, really, your biggie was was hike point to point, neat. I mean, it was it was pretty <laughs> simple, really. I mean, it was it was. Um, yeah, where am I gonna? Where am I gonna sleep? Yeah. What am I gonna eat? Yeah. And where am I gonna poop? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, pretty much, you know. And occasionally, I can get a shower <laughs> and wash my clothes. Yeah, no, that was yeah, and that was kind of it uh, in a nutshell. So um, it's funny you mentioned get a shower and wash clothes. So through New York, it was crazy expensive. It was so expensive it's New York, you know, in that area. Yeah, and there weren't um, there weren't hostels. Um, so hostels are, are you know inexpensive option to to both 
stay. Sure. And, and also laundry and shower. Yeah. And, that, and that's kind of what, you know, what you're looking for. And so it was so expensive. Um, I basically stayed on trail, but there was this, there was a kind of a long stretch and um, I was hiking with this good buddy named Icebox. I failed to mention I hiked with Icebox for a long time. Great, great trail buddy. But um, we were at this kind of deli in New York and just kind of right there on the side of the trail and uh, we're eating some food and we're, and we're talking to some of the locals and we're talking to this guy and he was like, well, you know, what do you guys, what do you guys need? And we both said like, really what we need is a shower and laundry. Yeah. And I was like, well, I, I have a place that I'm renovating. It's about three blocks up from here and you are welcome to come by and use it. And it was not, it was not creepy or anything, right. you know, it was just cool. And so we were like, are you sure? I mean, we smell. (laughs) And he was like, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm renovating this place. It's kind of a wreck, but I've got a washer and dryer and I've got a shower. You're welcome to come use it. So we walked over there to his place and used the shower and got our, got our laundry done and and hiked back out. And, um, that was awesome. We was really neat. Well, you know, speaking of hiking over there to do that now, give me the exact mileage of the Appalachian trail. So the trail from, from, Springer Mountain to Katahdin is 2,198.4. Right. And, that, and that's this year. It changes like year, from year to year occasionally, right? It does because they reroute right. and they'll you know, come up with new sections or kind of right. change sections and that kind of thing. So, But that's not really where I'm going with it is, you know, you're probably hike more like 2,500 miles. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the exact is, but, I mean, just figure every single night you have to go – get water you right. have to set up your camp i mean sometimes going to get water you might have to hike point two or point three down the yeah. trail to a water source so another half a mile at, at least a, a day right plus how many times i watched you on videos walk yourself into town two towns you know walk around the towns Absolutely. You know? yeah so yeah so when you get to town i mean you have to resupply. You, sure. One of the main reasons for going to town is right, exactly. to get your resupply. It's also to eat at a restaurant. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I tell you, nothing is more exciting than, like, that last couple of miles right before town, and you can start to hear the cars <laughs> on the road, and, and you can almost smell the, the food. <laughs> you get so excited. But, um, yeah, when you get to town, you gotta you got to walk yourself around. And so, um, like, I remember I did um, I did the Kinsman's in new hampshire it was like a 17 mile day really hard day um and then i got and then i so then i was going into a hostel there in lincoln and i had to walk a mile to the place where you can get picked up by a shuttle driver um and so then the shuttle driver drove me into lincoln and took me to the hostel and so then i I did my laundry got my shower and so then i hiked into town went to a restaurant then i had to hike to the shopping save Mm -hmm get my resupply sure and then i had to of course hike back right to, to the hostel so i mean that was i don't know how many miles on top of that 17 mile day that i already did you even had to thumb a few places too right yeah i did i did i got some i got some good hitches um uh it, they no, no scary stories yeah, or anything good. All, all good people pick uh, me up, uh, so. it seems like it that area the, those areas are are filled with um pretty good people i i guess it's a slower lifestyle and and all most all of those places and yeah. even here in shelby well and, and folks are used to seeing true. hikers and, and used to picking them up true so. you also uh 
rented a bike one day, did you not, to ride around somewhere? Well, I, it was actually, um, I didn't even have to pay. It was oh, free. Really? Yeah. Uh. So, um, so I was in Bennington, Vermont, and uh, there's a former thru-hiker who has a bike shop there. And so any thru-hiker that comes through is welcome to come by and get a loaner bike. Oh, that's cool. I mean, that's really cool. Um, it's about, it was probably about a mile, mile and a half from where I was <laughs> of, staying. Of course, you had to walk a mile there. and I mean, It cost you three miles to get to ride a bike. It, it did, but it was a really, really cool way to get to see a lot more of sure. Bennington than I would have seen right. any other way. So where we were staying was kind of, was kind of, uh, you know, kind of across the tracks type right. of a place. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, but then when I was, I was able to kind of ride my bike up into the the, um, I was the nicer part of town. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. I mean, the houses were gorgeous, and there was this big monument that they that they had up on top of the hill. Um, it was really cool. I, I would have gone. It, it you had to pay to go up in the monument. It was I don't, it wasn't that much right. money, but I don't know, and I would have done it. But it was during the time when the Canadian wildfire fires were really bad yeah. and you couldn't see right. very far at all did that affect you much um breathing wise it didn't re- it never really affected me much it just the only time it really affected me was just it kind of took away a couple of the views that right. i could have had yeah. from some of the mountain sure. peaks but. um also you were i saw you in a maybe a kayak one day i i did so that i took the two i took the double zero uh up at shaw's hostel in Monson, Maine. And Monson is this cute little town. I mean, it's got a gas station, a general store, and two restaurants. Wow. And, and a hostel. <laughs> and, and it's got a lake. Um, and so the, the hostel there has um, two paddle boards, a kayak, and a canoe. And you're welcome to, to take them out. And so I took the kayak out on that pond and just paddled a long time. And right. really enjoyed myself. It was, it was the first kind of arm workout. Sure, yeah, I'm sure it is. Other than picking up your pack, yeah. Uh, uh, all right, I want to go this for more hikers than listeners. Let's run down your equipment and the equipment that you liked and the equipment that you would use again. Okay, um, so I'll kind of start with the big three. Um, so the big three is uh, your backpack. I had the uh, REI Flash 55, uh, which is sort of a – it's a lightweight pack. It's not a ultralight lightweight pack. Mm-hmm. It still has a frame. Um, but it carried really well. It was a 55-liter, which was uh, which was perfect for when I started. It carried all my winter gear really well. Uh, towards the end, it was way more packed than I needed. I could, right. I could have been fine with a 40-liter. Um, and I probably – it was it was a great pack. It held up really well, and it did it did wonderfully. Um, I'll probably switch it out, sure, for something maybe a little smaller and a little lighter um, for future for future hikes. Um, my tent was the uh, Z Pack Duplex, which is absolutely amazing. Um, can't recommend that tent enough. Uh, it's really expensive, <laughs> but you get plus your home though. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, as opposed to uh, renting a place for uh, five months. Uh, pretty cheap if, if, if you if you look at it that way it's definitely cheap yeah. um, and so it kept kept the some really nasty rainstorms never got wet bugs uh, did it keep your bugs out kept the bugs out there were a couple times uh there was one time in particular in, in new hampshire where i was hiking and i wanted to keep i kind of wanted to keep going and do a few more miles but the bugs were so incredibly bad it was late in the evening uh it was like around seven thirty or so 
And so I just had to just stop and I just threw my tent up as quick as I could and jumped in because the mosquitoes were so yeah, incredibly bad. I can understand. Um, but yeah, so that was, so the, du- the, the duplex, um, awesome, awesome shelter. It uses my trekking poles. Um, so it's kind of, uh, it's super lightweight, um, Dyneema fabric. Anyway, I could, I could talk about it forever. Sure. It's a great tent. Um, my quilt. Um, so a lot of people use a sleeping bag. Some people use a quilt. So a quilt is open on, on the bottom. Um, so it's a little bit lighter because you don't have fabric that goes all the way around. Right. Um, basically, the, the reason behind that is because when you're laying on top of a, of a down sleeping bag, the part that you're sleeping on isn't given any insulation because it's compressed. Sure. So um, anyway, my quilt was the uh, enlightened equipment. Um, and I actually had a zero degree. Or no, it was 10 degree. 10 degree. Yeah, 10 degree. And I kept that the whole time. Um, it opens up like a blanket or like a quilt. Right. So, um, so when it was hot, I could just kind of like drape it over. Yeah. Um, so it was great. It, it did. It did amazing. Um, uh, so I, yeah, highly recommend it. Um, that's kind of the that's kind of the big three. Um, sleeping pad. What did you use? Sleeping pad. I had the uh, Thermarest uh, Neo Air X Lite, um, which is twelve ounces. It's a very popular pad on the trail. Um, it did great up until the very end when some of the Baffles. You blew some of them out somewhere, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, some of the baffles blew out, and uh, so then I kind of had to rig it up and sort of tie it off to where those baffles didn't get. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. I, just, I had to kind of MacGyver. Sure, it. but um, so I'll I'll be getting a, I'll be getting a new one of those, but I, I'll I'll be replacing it with the same one. Right. Um, my cook set was uh, the. Um, oh gosh. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> the it stash, worked. The stash. It, it worked. Uh, oh gosh, I can't even remember the name. It was it was awesome though. Uh, worked worked great. All kind of contained in one little unit. The um, little you use can you use canisters with that? I use canisters, yeah. And I'd go through. Um, I don't know how often, but I usually carried. A lot of times I would carry two of the canisters, right? Um, just because I had kind of had this fear of, of running out. I mean, I could cold soak all my right. all my food if I wanted to, yeah. but nobody. I, I don't want to. Do that. You don't want to do that. Yeah. Not after not after twenty miles. No. No. Uh-uh. Um, uh, electronics. I had a uh, um, I had a battery bank that's like the lightest one on the market. Um, the night core it was only like 5.8 ounces but it was a 10,000 milliamp and so that would charge my phone like two and a half times um, so I never really ran out of charge oh, that's good on, on my phone um, my headlamp was also a night core which was a great little headlamp super light and super efficient um, charged fast and it, and it was yeah it was it did so it didn't have batteries so it just it had right. you know you just recharge it yeah um, so you don't have the weight of like, like the battery yeah something. yeah um, and you could just recharge it, so right. super efficient. Um, so that was great. Um, my, my water filter, which I mentioned, was the Catadyme V Free, um, worked great the whole time. Now it would kind of slow down, but all you have to do is just replace the filter. Sure. Um, not not too much money, and then it's super fast again. Um, my trekking poles were uh, were just some kind of cheap ones off of Amazon, um, Cascade Mountain Tech or something like that. Thirty dollar poles. Mm-hmm. Um, they did great. They did fine. Um, I am probably going to upgrade and get some, maybe like the REI brand or something. Sure. Just a step above, um, just to have for next hikes. Yeah. Just, the Cascade Mountain Tex were like $30. And right. for $30, they were great. But I just like the locking mechanism yeah. on some of the, a little bit more expensive ones, mm-hmm. just a little bit simpler. Uh, so, 
I'll, I'll probably upgrade on those. Um, my rain jacket, there is no rain jacket yeah, no. that'll keep you dry. From I can yeah. tell you from 50 years of running, there's no rain jacket that's going to keep you dry. <laughs> there's no, I mean, people are talking about, like, oh, this and that and this and that. There's no range. I mean, you're either going to get wet eventually yeah. or you're going to sweat from the inside sure. or both. Both, yeah. Um, but so anyway, I had a um, I had a rain jacket that I was that I was happy with. It was one that I had already, um, just a North Face one that sure. I had. So I carried it the whole time. But it also made a good insulation shell. Sure, I understand. Yeah, sure. Wind shell. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, my hiking shirt that I have on, yes. <laughs> it kept the whole time. Yes. And my hiking shorts. And what is that shirt? So this is a uh, Patagonia. Um, I can't really remember the fabric material. Right. Call it, but it's a sun hoodie, basically. Yes. Um, and so I would have the hood up a lot of the time. Sure. Not just for the sun, but also for the bugs. Sure. Uh, it would help kind of keep the mosquitoes and the bugs out of my ears. Right. Um, and it sort of gave me a little level of protection, kept them off my neck. Yeah. Um, and it's long sleeve, sure. which um, a lot of people are like, you hiked with a long sleeve with a hood in the summer, but it's not. It's, uh, it's, it's lightweight. Sure. It breathes, and it, and it um, wicks moisture. Sure. It, it, it was perfect. It was I, obviously, they need to send you like a dozen of those because you've worn <laughs> that thing for five months. I, and, I mean, every morning, that's, you know, I would switch out at night. I had sleep clothes that I would wear. Um, but my sleep shirt was just another version of this. Right. And then I'd have um, just some kind of like, you know, pajama pants, sleep pants, you know, that I slept in. And that was basically my clothes. Your, your shoes. My shoes were the uh, Topo Athletic Ultra Venture 3. And I went through five pair of those. Um, they, they were great. So I, I got one pair in um, Delaware Water Gap, which is right on the a border of Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Uh, and that pair lasted me for 600 miles I, I wore them through um, through New Jersey New York Connecticut Massachusetts Vermont and half of New Hampshire wow yeah <laughs> so and that's some pretty rocky places too they were um, and the last pair I got I thought would be in better shape than what they are now um, just because I didn't have as many miles to hike in them um, by the time I got that last pair but the the last 300 miles they were basically underwater sure i mean that yeah Every day. when you hike through some the stream crossings were pretty deep at some points we had we had some major stream crossings so there was so much rain so much water um so there's there's like a kind of a um, a stream that they use to measure the output of water um and typically it's around 200 is the measurement unit um and so around 400, it starts to get dangerous. And at times, I was crossing those streams when it was at a, the level was at a thousand. Oh Lord! Which means it was up around you know waist. I, I did see while you were out, a guy did wash away during the rains. Yes, yeah, steady that, Eddie. That was in Vermont. That's yeah. so so incredibly sad. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah. Were 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 you worried on any of those stream crossings? There were definitely a couple that were sketchy, yeah, for sure. Um, and kind of when you're when you're in them and you're walking, and you're kind of going slow, but you because you want to put your feet down, right? But then you but also, you also want to get through. Want to get through? Yeah, yeah. So you're trying to go, and, and you and you're using your trekking poles, and your trekking poles are just vibrating so hard, <laughs> yeah, I mean, rushing water. Sure. Just, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, there were a couple that were yeah, sketchy. Yeah, I, I can see that, yeah, without a doubt. Falls. Did you fall? <laughs> I fell so many times. It was, it was so frustrating. Um, I didn't – so my first real fall was in Virginia, and it was one of those ones where I just kind of tripped, and the next thing you know, you're just on your butt. Sure. You're mad. And I didn't really fall that that much leading up to then, and I didn't fall that much until I kind of got up around Vermont. Once I got up around Vermont, I was trying to go – I was going fast. I was doing – you know, twenty plus sure. mile days. Right. But the mud. Oh and the yeah, rocks, I'm sure that had to be slippery. And the boards sure. were all slippery, and yeah. there were there were days when I would fall three or four times. I know some of that. Some of those boards. I know how boards are from running and other stuff. You know, they get like a scum almost to where they're slick as glass. Film on them. Yeah, and film on them. Yeah. You just and if you just take your your. Just kind of lose your your focus for a second, and next thing you know, you're on, you're on, yeah. your, you're on your butt. And if if you fall backwards, I guess with your pack on, you're a little like a turtle. Yeah, yeah. So the pack definitely saved me a lot of times. Yeah. So a lot of times you you be kind of walking down these granite slabs, and and they'll have like a layer of moss on them, and no, oh, yeah, water yeah. running because it's raining, and yeah. If you just you just kind of lose your focus for a second, next thing you know, you boom. But but like you say, you a lot of times you'd land. On, the, on your pack, on which your pack. is good. Yeah. I mean, it is difficult to get back up, it's but just soft, yeah. But but it does help. It. There was um, there were two falls in in um, New Hampshire though that were that were kind of bad. One was going across uh, Musilag, Mount Musilag, uh, which is one of the four thousand footers, and uh, it was kind of a steep drop off right to my left, and and I took a wrong step and I started to fall, and so I, I kind of threw my body away from that edge yeah. so I, I didn't really fall naturally and so when I fell my thigh landed right on a rock uh, and it was like one of those deep deep bruise, bruises bruise, oh yeah that hurt for days day. yeah they yeah. do yeah and then there was another fall in New Hampshire where um, I came down on my, on my tail on my tailbone oh so that had to hurt to the for side. several days didn't it it did it just hurt for days but um, but those were the only two that were did yeah. um did you have to consume a lot of Advil and stuff like that? I, I did. I did. So at the start of the hike, I, I didn't want to, to take a lot. I wanted to right. try and go as far as I could sure. without it. And, and I didn't really need it at the beginning as much. Um, but then I had a couple bouts of tendonitis sure. in my leg. Yeah. Um, and really the only way to kind of keep hiking was, was through Advil. Sure. And so then after that, I basically started taking Advil every single day. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> it just became part of my routine. It, it is. I mean, I've, I've learned that over the years that it, that sometimes you need. And, and, and here's the deal. Your body generally is, is going to adjust or break down. And sometimes no matter which way it goes, that adjustment period require medication to just ease it up while it either either breaks down or or ad- ad- adapts. Uh, yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, I tried not to complain about injuries in my videos, just because if I if I even just mentioned kind of an injury or a pain in my video, I, I got a lot of comments. And some of the comments I didn't really need. Right. Yeah. Know, so. Plus, I think I think it would also you make family back here worry more about you too when you're 
you know, yeah, this is hurting. I can't hardly get out of bed. You know, I mean, exactly. people start worrying about you. And nobody wants to hear that. But I mean, I could, I could have basically whined every day. Whined <laughs> Something hurt all the time. Yeah, yeah Something always yeah. hurt. I, 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 no doubt. I'm, I'm sure that's the case. Um, uh, probably still does. <laughs> My knees right now are really, really sore really sore um i don't know if it was just you know the the adrenaline or or just the routine but i was able to kind of keep going and still do decent miles through the whole thing right um my knees hurt yeah (laughs) i mean i mean i i i can't think that doing that your knees won't hurt you know yeah i mean i mean you know, it's it's. Uh, do you have you met Lee Berry yet? Okay. Uh, while you were gone, the star did a deal about he turned a hundred, and he is working with Z Packs to create a newer, lighter, better version of their tent. Really? Yes. He's from Shelby. He hiked the Appalachian Trail at eighty four. And he was for 13 years. He was the oldest guy to do it. Wow, that's amazing. But I just wonder how much he hurts, <laughs> you know. Yeah, there were some. There were some. So I definitely came across a lot of older hikers, and it was way harder for them yeah. than it was the younger kids. Sure. I mean, I hiked with a lot of kids, and they would just run by me, just banging and not and knock out the miles and recover yeah. faster. I mean. Recover. And yeah. and I was able to recover a lot faster um, through the beginning in the middle of the hike, but towards the end of the sure. hike, my recovery, I just couldn't recover the same. Yeah, I do understand that. Yeah, I do. It's um, sum up your trip. It's really hard to kind of sort of put it all into just a nutshell. You know, just kind of. Um, I mean, it, it was it was the adventure that I was looking for. Um, I was looking for an adventure, uh, and I got it. <laughs> was it every bit as good as you thought it would be? I think I think probably better, really, to be honest. I, I will have to say that I I thought from your videos that you were really doing your best to really enjoy it, take it to the fullest, as as in a. I'm so lucky to get to do this. You know, this is a one-off. This is what I've wanted to do, and I'm going to enjoy every bit of it. And you seem to me to enjoy 99% of it, you know? Yeah, I mean, there were definitely, I mean, there were definitely some rough times. And there were some, you know, some times that weren't as enjoyable. And there were some times when it was kind of like, man, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, really. but those, those were few and far between. Um, the majority of the time, it was just, it was a fun, fun adventure. Sure. It looked to be a great adventure. I will tell you so many times I was really envious. Uh, I wish my body would hold up to do that. You know, you I mean, this? I don't even know. No. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. I mean, you've become famous for that. I um, uh, I'm waiting for you to show up. If tr- Trust me. <laughs> if my hips and knees would allow it, I would have been there. I have I have a hard time. So many days I'll go for my walk, and I'd think to myself, I'd have to do this like five times over to make to to, to have an average day for Aaron. It's it's funny because 
like I'll look back at some of the videos and I'll do like a afternoon recap and it's I don't know four or five o'clock right. in the afternoon I'm like all right afternoon recap got five miles oh you know, yeah if that was it, what I would get is it's five thirty and I got about four miles four four or five miles to go so let's get busy it's not going to walk itself you know and it's like five, at that point in the day after walking all day I got to go five more miles yeah. just beat me you know and these are not easy miles, <laughs> it's not like walking around on the side I was thinking to myself. It would be getting, well, it's about four thirty, five o'clock, and I'm thinking, well, he's through. And I got about five miles to go, and it's like, I better get moving. And it's like, oh, my God, he's been walking since, like, 8 o'clock this morning. Yeah, yeah. So. But it was it was fun. But, I mean, I, I, I guess in a lot of ways you did do it like a job, though. I mean, your job was to walk all day. Well, and that was really what I was about to say. It kind of was my job. Yeah. I mean, it was, that's, yeah, that's what I'm I mean, do. I mean. You did a really good job of of documenting what you did. Uh, uh, they're interesting. I watched them first thing every morning. I'd do Wordle straight to the videos. You know? <laughs> well, that's cool. I, and, and I had great supporters. Um, people would comment. And it, I'd tell you, it really, really did help. I mean, I would, I would read the comments when I could. I didn't know if, you, could, I didn't know if you, you got to read them very often or not. And, and sometimes um, I could read them. But I wouldn't necessarily have the service to be able to respond to them right. or whatever, like, yeah. like one bar sure. or whatever. But um, but it was it was really helpful to be able to kind of uh, have that support. Well, and know that people were pulling. I would go to the gym, and complete strangers would come up and say, "Hey, your son-in-law is that your son-in-law that's hiking the Appalachian Trail?" And say, said, "Man, I can't wait to watch those videos every day." And I wouldn't even know these people, you know. That's pretty cool. And I would go different places, and that would be the first thing. Well, there were a couple of times even on trail when uh, complete strangers actually recognized me. Yeah, I mean, um, and just said that you know they had some of them were th- were through hikers, um, a couple of them were sobos, or southbound hikers right. that were watching my videos before they started. Sure, um, a couple of them wanted pictures. That was yeah, cool. yeah. I mean, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, um, basically you're a trail celebrity for, for 2023. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Minor. <laughs> well, well, you know. Well, getting to hike with, uh, getting to hike, I got to hike uh, a few days with, with Taylor. Uh, yeah. In the Hampshire hike. Yeah. Um, and she is, she is one of the people that kind of inspired Sure. She, she is, she is, she, she is famous. She's famous. She's got 50,000. She's Appalachian Trail famous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows Taylor. But yeah. um, it was really, really cool to get to know her and get to hike with her a few days. Yeah. Um, and then to have her shout me out. On yeah, that helped her too. I, it yeah. jumped too. I mean, you, you talk about the power of of marketing and, and, and association. It, it, your, your, your audience just kind of exploded with her help. It, yeah, it, it doubled from there. Yeah, it um, did. So, yeah. And she, and then she's just a really cool hiker. Yeah, really that's cool, cool too. She's just a good person. Yeah. I, I think you had a lot of those with you. Yeah, oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, there were, there were a couple that <laughs> weren't, weren't as much fun, but, yeah, but yeah. the majority of folks I hiked with were just really, really good. Oh, that's cool. That's cool stuff. Uh, it was an adventure of a lifetime. So are we thinking Pacific coast trail we thinking well so i mean I, i'm not going to rule it out um there was definitely a couple of my good friends that, that we we talked about it a lot while we were on the trail right um so definitely not next year um but it's a possibility yeah for the year after i mean but i i think i 
probably have to make some money before. Yeah, yeah, that's the bad thing about about anything like that, you know. I mean, but I'll I'll be truthful with you. I've known uh, uh, in my lifetime people who work so they could be off for ski season. I know people that's work so they could live at the coast to surf. In my life, I've known musicians who have worked just enough to be able to continue to play music. So I mean, right. that is a doable thing. It's just the amount of the, the degree of poverty you want to live in. Full time hiker lifestyle. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I I'd say short term. Um, you know, the foothills trail. Sure. Yeah. Locally would be, yeah. Would be really nice. To That's do. a good trail. I think it's about seventy six miles. Yeah, I think. Um, so that'd be a, a nice little one to, sure. to experience. Um, and then uh, the Pinhoti Trail um, in Alabama and Georgia um, could be on my radar. Do you realize there's a new one, too, where you can walk to Key West? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure that I want to do the, the Florida Trail. Yeah, so, well, I, I, I used to follow this guy, Redbeard, and he did it. And he was saying that that was uh, one of his least favorite trails that he ever did. I talked to a few people that said it was great. I mean, he said, he said it was wet, but, but wet in a different way. And he said there was t- things that were wet in there that you did not want to walk through. And, and no elevation change. Yeah, no elevation. Yeah, well, I've learned that from running marathons. Actually, a flat marathon in a lot of ways is hurt. Yeah, it does. And then having the ups and downs, you know. So, yeah. All right. Uh, well, this is a great recap, you know. I'm glad you're home, too. Oh, I'm, I missed you. I am happy for you. And uh, I can't wait to see what your next adventure is. Well, I appreciate you having me. This was awesome. Welcome home. Thank you. Let's go. Let's go.